0: This episode of the Retro Network Time Machine with Jason and Mickey is brought to you by Retro Days. Sign up now for your free profile at retro-daze.org. From there, you can visit the forum or contribute articles which earn points towards fun prizes in the Retro Days point store. Click over from today's show notes and begin the fun at Retro Days. And by fun.com. The best place on the web to find officially licensed gifts, costumes, toys, and more. Fun.com also offers a variety of exclusive products they make themselves and you won't find anywhere else. Search great brands like Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, Care Bears, and many more. Click the Fun.com link in today's show notes to shop the latest products and also save 10% site-wide through August 7th, 2021. Your savings is automatically deducted in your cart, so just click and shop. Fun.com, your go-to destination for exciting and unique gifts. The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. Your vehicle to the past doesn't need roads or even 1.21 gigawatts. It's the Retro Network Time Machine with Jason and Mickey. The retro network time machine is back once again to revisit our pop culture past you've got jason here and always mostly always with mickey how you doing man mostly always
1: i've done good though like i said you know when we came back it, it would only be family health issues that i let knocked me out of it and so far mm-hmm. i've missed one and it was for family health issues so good gosh i might i might have to start worrying about my health issues much like your son, my oldest actually got her license two days ago.
0: Oh, it begins.
1: Yes. Her and her sister ran to the local Walmart yesterday. Oh, first time by themselves?
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And, then and you're on today, pins and needles the whole time?
1: Well, they're not telling me about it till after. till I get home. Oh.
0: <laughs> That's smart. That's smart.
1: So my youngest <laughs> told me they went 25 miles away to pick up Japanese food this afternoon and came back. No. And they took uh, one of their friends with them. I'm like, well, here, you know, at least in Virginia, you can't have but one underage person with you or some, some kind of rule to that effect. Right. And, and my youngest is like, well, uh, oh, only uh, one that's a family member and one non-family member. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that don't mean what you think it does.
0: <laughs> 16 and already stretching the rules. She's a chip yeah. off the old block. Yeah, I know.
1: That's why I can't really say a whole lot.
0: You shouldn't have told her all those stories, man. Now you're giving her ideas. I know. I remember one time, I don't think I was 18 yet. I think when you're 18 in Pennsylvania, you're allowed to drive past midnight.
1: Shit, when you're 13 in Alabama, you're allowed to get married.
0: Well, (laughs) I'm recalling when I used to be a northerner. Oh. Anyway, so we were... The three of us, it was me and two brothers that were dating three sisters. This this it wasn't in Alabama, trust me. Uh <laughs> because it would anyway. be cousins if it was. <laughs> anyway, you're
1: family, we, officer.
0: They lived out in the boonies and we were on the way back and we were running late. It was past midnight, and none of, I think the rule is until you're 18, you can't drive past midnight. And I had the high beams on in the car and I left them on and we got up to an intersection and I high beamed a cop (laughs) that went rolling in front of us. And, uh, we were all like crapping in our pants and (laughs) made it home without incident. But Mm. I do remember those days of having all those rules right after you got your license, you know, so many people in the car and, and all that.
1: If there were rules like that, when I was 16, we didn't know about them here in this state. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Pretty sure there weren't, but if there were, they totally escaped us.
0: We were stretching them ourselves. Uh <laughs> Not that we would have cared. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, uh take your uh, Xanax. Take your whatever you need to <laughs> to get through the week. And
1: no, see, I'm on nat- wood
0: and all that stuff.
1: I'm all natural. I don't. I don't take stuff like that. So what I will take will be her keys as I leave for work. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's good like uh my oldest, he's been hitting me up since uh two weeks ago when he was able to go take his test. And I've been busy during the week at work, so I've been able to take him and the wife's been busy, so uh he's just chomping at the bit to get his license, so he's just doing anything he can to kind of suck up to us. <laughs> we'll take him. Well, so keep
1: my that as long as possible then.
0: Yeah, so uh my truck has the slow leak from the radiator somewhere so he's up under there like as we speak trying to find where this leak is coming from <laughs> and he's watching he watches uh he showed me the channel last night it's this younger guy that uh fixes cars and stuff and it's basically like a diy you know videos and stuff so he's getting all these these ideas in his head and i'm like before you loosen one screw you tell me what you're doing (laughs) i need to know
1: i can't discourage her i mean i was her age and ready to run and i did and yeah it's just hard on me but
0: i'm not gonna stop her well you know we just uh take it day by day and (laughs) try to train them the best we can point them in the right direction and if they veer off before they get to that come back into that direction that's That's life. (laughs) All right. Well, let's uh, keep moving along here. Just a couple uh, announcements I wanted to pass along before we get uh, on with the show. We've got two new feeds uh, under the network umbrella. First is the Retro Game Show Network feed that I have pumped all of our uh, Situation Jukebox episodes in. I think there's ten of those. That one that we started, like it was our first one, I think we called it, Pop culture clash or something that was trivia. And then the, uh, the what's the line game show that I started earlier in the year that I haven't been able to get a second episode going yet. That's in there. So I'm going to try to push when we do game shows all into one feed. And then, uh, talking with our pal, Adam, the, uh, host of wizards and rental return, listening to the hot tag. When he was on with Kevin, he mentioned about his two goofs podcast that he did with, uh, Jeff, from a uh, Sequel Quest and it was a limited run. I think he said it was eleven, there's eleven episodes, maybe twelve, maybe one that's dangling out there. Um, and they're only on YouTube. He didn't he wasn't hosting them anywhere. So I'm gonna create a feed for that soon, so we can get uh Adam's two goofs, Adam and Jeff's Two Goofs podcast uh under the retro network.
1: Now that it, is didn't they both work at Disney?
0: I believe at that's Disneyland. where they met. Yeah. 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 And that, so they,
1: it's about their, it's like our grocery stories podcast, but there's this way cooler because it's when they both worked at Disneyland.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. So they, you know, talk about the days of being the, behind the mascots there and being goofy, in other words. So I have not listened to those, but I'm anxious to get those on the network and up under the umbrella of podcasts that we have and uh, host them and, for uh, him. Speaking of the hot
1: tag, yours truly. I'm recording with Kevin tomorrow night. For an awesome. appearance Good. on
0: the hot tag. Awesome. I'm glad you got time to do yeah, that.
1: Well, I don't have the time, but for Kevin, <laughs> I'm making the
0: time. <laughs> well, that's great. Yeah. We've got plans for the uh, the hot tag. We I haven't really uh, finalized everything with Kevin, but uh, we're hoping to branch off a little bit from that uh, in the near future. But very glad to get uh, you on there. And those have been really fun. Just it helps to get to know basically uh, all the staffers but uh, even some people when you first you know started doing those shows outside the network get to know a little bit about them and how they came about in the retro world we'll say so good on you Kevin one more thing you know i always mention at the end of the show about leaving us a review over there on apple podcast i thought i'd do it now so the people that tune out at the end of the show <laughs> might hear or, it
1: or halfway through <laughs> wherever right, they
0: right. tune out. I'm gonna give you an incentive to leave us a uh, rating and review over there on Apple Podcasts if you're an Apple user. So I've got some freebies. I've got some window decals of the Retro Network logo. I've still got some packs of those throwback cards. I called them that are uh, curated by me. A bunch of trading cards and a couple stickers from some of our other shows on the network that I made. Uh, those are in there as well, and whatever else I can find laying around, I'll send to you. I've got about enough for, I think, 15 people, so if you will leave us a rating and leave one other show on the network, whichever ones you listen to, leave two ratings, and then just DM me on Twitter at TRN social with your address, I'll send you out some freebies as an incentive to go ahead and do that for us. So,
1: First dozen or so only, though.
0: Yeah. Well, I, th- I think I counted out fifteen. So but I'll find some random other stuff to throw in there too. I've got tons of stickers. I just signed up for this scratch and sniff sticker club <laughs> for my oh daughter. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh, yeah. for your
1: daughter. Never mind. Okay. Okay.
0: Well, it was kind of for me too, but oh. um yeah, you need I to thought was, a
1: Dollar Tree and get her one of those panini sticker books and start buying sticker packs every week.
0: Well, no, see what we've I showed her my sticker book from when I was a kid. And that's the inspiration behind this. So this summer I went out to Amazon and bought her an album, a sticker album that just has a cover and blank pages on the inside. And we've got a load of stickers <laughs> laying around, but none of them were cool. Like scratch and sniff or googly eyes or puffy. There's a, we had a few puffy stickers, but my friend, uh, well, our friend Sean Robert told me about everythingsmells.com. cheap plug unpaid plug as I said on Instagram and they they have like a subscription service so I'm going to sign us up for a couple months and we got a I don't know probably a dozen different scents in the mail the other day and she loved it so Hmm. and that's the fun little thing we're going to do this summer is just she's going to fill up a, a page a day or whatever try to get it done by the end of the summer and she'll have her own little sticker book to keep with her all these years hopefully Anyway, enough uh, me blabbering. We need to uh, get Mickey uh, blabbering here as well. So uh, you ready to jump in the time machine? Yes. Where are we going?
1: Well, it's hard to tell. Last week we done random 80 stuff, and this week we thought, let's just do random 90 stuff. So it's hard to tell where we'll each land. Yep. Well, I know where I'm landing. I don't know about you.
0: <laughs> All right, well, let's jump in the time machine, and we'll go back to the 90s. So here we are floating around in the 1990s, and uh, I guess I'll go first this week since you went first last week, Mick. Uh, Let's just start in 1990, and something that just came to mind was I did an article in 2018 for Rediscover the 80s called "The Fall of 1990: 80s Movies Murdered by TV." That year in 1990, the fall on TV there was five shows. based on 80s comedies oh, that yeah. failed that mm-hmm. just totally bombed 13 episodes or less uh so see if you remember some of these mick and uh, if I guess
1: one of them I, okay. I remember i remember ferris bueller tv show
0: ferris bueller is one that was uh an early one for jennifer aniston she was in there what was crazy about it was do you remember the opening of the show
1: I don't, I just remember there was a show and I remember, I think we probably watched every episode of it back then.
0: The very first episode, they have a picture of Matthew Broderick and they chainsaw him in half <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> like that, mo- like the movie never existed. You know, you make, uh, I'm just trying to see here uh, 70 million at the box office. Ah, oh, we just, uh, man, we won't follow that at all. We're going to do our own thing, you know, essentially.
1: Am I remembering Uh, correctly that that was a Sunday night show?
0: Um, I don't know. I don't have the days down for these. Yeah,
1: here in the near future, we'll have to do a 1990 fall preview episode.
0: Yeah, (laughs) we'll confirm or deny that. This is crazy. Okay, so that was one of them. Any other guesses? TV shows based on 80s comedies movies?
1: Uh, I'm probably a year off, but there was a Dirty Dancing TV show. Maybe 89 for it. Well,
0: yeah, it wasn't 90.
1: Okay, I, I really don't know then.
0: Okay. So you had uh, Ferris Bueller. You had Parenthood. Okay. That starred Ed Begley Jr.
1: Never seen the movie, so that didn't
0: Yeah, didn't register with me. The movie did pretty well, 126 million. Let's see. The next one was Uncle Buck. Oh, yeah. yeah. They did an Uncle Buck show. I don't think I even tried that show. That one uh, actually made twenty-two episodes. Anybody we know in that one? Kevin Meany was the star that took over for John Candy. See, uh,
1: yeah, movies to TV are hard enough. It's even harder when your title character is as damn good and famous as John Candy. You're just you're yeah. I mean, you're you're always gonna be second best. Yeah, you're playing from way behind the eight ball. Just starting out. Yeah. That's a tough climb right there.
0: The, uh, the next one was Working Girl, which actually starred uh, Sandra Bullock uh, in that show. I think that was maybe one of her early roles. Nancy McKeon from Facts of Life was offered the role, but turned it down. That was a smart move, I guess. Yeah. It ended after eight episodes. Hmm. And then the final one was called Baby Talk. I which... remember
1: that. TGIF.
0: Which was uh, based on "Look Who's Talking," George Clooney and who was the uh, Connie Selica? Was that one? So, if you remember, gosh, it's been so long since I watched any of those movies. "Look Who's Talking." Uh, that was a show that uh, failed in 1990 as well. Don't see how many episodes there were, but you know, people think that uh, remaking shows or you know adaptions are a new thing. <laughs> They were doing it as soon as they got out of the eighties, man. Mm-hmm. And the eighties were doing it too. You just didn't necessarily realize it, but I thought that was crazy that f- there was five shows in one fall based on eighties uh, movies. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs>
1: in a sad kind of way.
0: In a sad, yeah. Me. Yeah. So okay. what do you got, man?
1: Herb Abrams, the guy who started the new universal wrestling federation. There was recently a Dark Side of the Ring episode about the UWF. Anyway, June 9th, 1991, he presented UWF Beach Brawl on pay-per-view. I don't know where I heard this this past week. Somehow this topic come up and it instantly, tri- I'm not going to talk about wrestling, folks. It instantly triggered a memory that I missed that pay-per-view because I guess, uh, see, that would have been a Saturday most likely or Sunday, June 9th. So two or three days before that, Thursday or Friday, the the building that housed their local cable company burned down and everybody lost cable for like a month
0: before we lived. Oh, wow.
1: uh, It was Telescripts Cable. It was a local cable company. This is before the the days of the big conglomerates, you know, Comcast and all that. And we had a little cable company that was in our little tiny town. And uh yeah, it burnt down and it was right behind our elementary school, which Comcast, they, they rebuilt it. And it eventually Comcast bought them out when they were buying up all these cable companies. But I missed that pay-per-view because our cable company burned down. Now at the time we had only had cable in my house for like two and a half years, but I can tell you that was long enough that we knew we did not want to go back to life without cable at that point, <laughs> <laughs> back to three channels. But Unless you were one of the really cool kids in school whose family had one of those huge satellite dishes outside, mm-hmm. you were all in the same boat. And that was a topic of conversation for a while at school was, Oh man, I miss whatever, whatever. You know, I miss primetime wrestling or I miss USA's cartoon express or whatever, but yeah, our cable company burned down in the summer of 91. <laughs> but I heard somebody on some podcast mention. Herb Abrams beach brawl pay-per-view and it just like clicked like, Oh yeah, I missed that. Oh yeah. I know why I missed that.
0: (laughs) That's crazy, man. That's crazy. I don't have any, uh, cable or, uh, any company burning (laughs) memories, uh, to kind of bounce off that. But that's crazy that that happened. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I see, we, we had cable early. I don't remember any outages like that, but we just had the basic and maybe, you know, another 10 channels enough to get like MTV and the weather channel. And, you know, yeah. some of those other ones like WPIX and WGN. So we didn't have the full, never had the full scope of all of the channels.
1: Well, we always just up. subscribe to the basic because we were one of those families with a black box, but you had to at least have basic cable, but then we had everything with the
0: black uh, box. Yeah. I got you. Okay. Uh, yeah, like I said, I have nothing to bounce off of that. So uh, I decided uh, just as a... to keep the music talk going a little bit, and I know you're not the biggest music guy, but I pulled out my CDs, and I was trying to think what band... What artist is my band of the 90s? Ooh. What, what do I have the most CDs of, you know, in my uh, case? And I landed on Stone Temple Pilots. Not bad. I got, uh, I think I got the first two albums about the same time. I got the Purple album pretty close to that being released, which I think was 94 or 93. 94. It would have been 94 because that was my senior year. And then I think core was released the, uh, the year before, but the three albums that were released in the nineties, those two and then number four, which was 1999. When I was in college, I just have played the crap out of those (laughs) over the years front to back where you can just pop in the CD. You're not skipping any songs and just let it play.
1: Somebody posted that question on twitter you know what's an album from any era i guess mm-hmm. that you just don't skip tracks on you could listen to it straight through every time
0: but they really influenced me like because right at that turn of the 90s i was still somewhat in the rap and hip-hop and you know that's like the dawn of alternative style music and the you know the push from seattle and all that grunge and uh just the regular mix of pop Uh, artists I was listening to, Huey Lewis and Aerosmith and things like that, but when they hit, they just had such a unique sound, and I think they really kind of pushed me into the alternative and not really heavy metal, but metal and hard rock music throughout the rest of the decade that I was picking up, you know, Soundgarden, and I was picking up uh, whatever else, uh, Pearl Jam, and Stone Temple Pilots really I think made an impact on my thinking and I've I, the the rap music really drifted off kind of about the mid 90s and I was listening to to kind of rock exclusively but I don't know I I thought they've always had a unique sound there's like such a mix of acoustic and electric guitars and I liked Scott Weiland's voice I could sing along with them in other words uh, or at least try to sing along but the album the the purple album In 94, the one with Interstate Love Song, you know that song? Yeah. Uh, I could listen to that one like 24-7. That's like one of my favorite songs of all time. They had the song uh, from the Crow soundtrack, Big Empty, that was really great. In 95, they also were on an album. I don't know if you know this one or not. There was a whole uh, cover album of Led Zeppelin songs, Mm -hmm. and they did one. They they covered uh, Dancing Days, which is a really great song. And this was like before I really got into like Led Zeppelin 60s and 70s style rock that uh, once I did, I was like, oh, that's how I know that song It's Mm because they covered it. But, yeah, I they almost like uh, I I feel like in the back of my mind influenced me to buy the truck that I have now as well, because (laughs) they were playing on the Nissan was playing the on the commercials. They're playing the Wicked Garden song from their first album. And. When I decided I was going to buy that truck, I grabbed that CD. Like, I took it for a test drive. <laughs> I took it home, right? I was sitting at the house, and Aaron and I were kind of agreeing, okay, yeah, we're going to get this. And I grabbed that CD, and when, as I drove off the lot, I played that song. That was the first song I played in that truck because of that dang commercial. But <laughs> anyway, they've, Stone Temple Pilots really had an impact on me in my music style. And I don't know if there's any is there a band or somebody you can say kind of from the nineties that were your band of the nineties, you know?
1: Uh, well, you know, most of my music tastes are well before that, but if there was one, it was Nirvana. And to answer that same Twitter question, Nirvana unplugged is an album. I could just listen to straight through over and over.
0: Alice in Chains too. It was a great unplugged. Oh man, I miss unplugged albums. There's some good Mm. ones out there. But okay, well, that was just like, like I said, I was like, well, let me just sift through my CDs here and see what I have the most of and what I could kind of hone in as a as a band that I listened to throughout the 90s and Stone Temple Pilots was it.
1: Well, let's see. I have nothing to bounce that off of. So I will go with something not related and that's hyper color clothing.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, for people who don't know, it was clothing that changed colors with heat as in somebody could come up and put their hand on your shirt for a few seconds and pull it away. If it was like a light blue shirt, it would leave a pink handprint and yada, yada, yada. Sounds really cool in theory, but in practice, the first problem with it was if you got hot at school and started sweating, it's oh, like yeah. those pink circles would start emanating from your
0: <laughs> arms <and laughs> yes. And yeah, you get embarrassed really quick. Yeah.
1: And then after a few washings, uh, it would kind of quit work, and it would just look like a tie-dyed shirt from then on. Mm-hmm. And they were expensive. And if you were one of the first people to wear them to school, everybody wanted to touch you. So it had a few drawbacks. I think it was ahead of its time, though, uh, as far as fashion goes. I'm sure somebody could do something like that now. And have much better success with the longevity of the shirt and the fabric. And, but back in the day. Eh. But now I don't know what I had to do to get my mom to buy something like it. She was not in the fashion trends or she was not into paying for fashion trends that I wanted to be a part of. Um, <laughs> somehow I got one of those shirts. I only had one. I'm trying to remember. I, this is going to sound crazy. But I want to say in the early 90s, ninety, ninety-one, when that stuff came out, a shirt was like 25 bucks for a t-shirt.
0: Yeah, it was expensive. Yeah. So. I, I never, know. I don't think I ever had one. And it's surprising because my mother, it was just the opposite of your mother. And she wanted me in like the latest stuff at JCPenney that was in the window, you know, whatever. It was hanging yeah. up. Go get him that Panama Jack stuff. Uh, I so can, I'm surprised I can she tell. never got me one, but.
1: I can tell I've seen the pictures of you in the white suit at the banquet and stuff. <laughs> the whole Miami Vice look there.
0: Yeah. The hyper clothing seems eighties. It seems like well, it, it should have right happened there, there but it was the close. Beginning. Yeah, yeah. It was right
1: there at the very beginning of the nineties. It was it has an eighties look to it, but just the whole futuristic thing. It was it's so nineties, you know.
0: Yeah, I made the mistake uh early on in rediscover the eighties. A company reached out to me just randomly. Hey, we're bringing Hyper Clothing back. Would you like a shirt? I was like, yeah. So they sent one to me. I still have the thing. It's one of my workout shirts now, which it's whatever. I don't know what color it was before, but it's light blue now. You know, oh. after It's been washed so many times. But yeah, I was like, oh, this is cool because I didn't remember having one back in the day. I don't think the company's around anymore. Uh, obviously that didn't take off again that they were, you know, redoing hyper clothing, but I wore it to work one day and I made that mistake of, Oh yeah, I'm sweating and I'm in a, this is not good. <laughs> <laughs> so that uh, it was fun for the novelty of it. It's fun. I, I did some research on the history of it at one point, but yeah, that was early on. That was probably like 10 years ago when that happened that, Hyper clothing. Yeah. Don't wear it on a date. Nope.
1: Well, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't, uh,
1: <laughs> don't let your girlfriend wear it on a date and then take her home and let her dad see where all you have <laughs> right, had your yeah. hands.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. So again, I have nothing to bounce off of. So, uh, let's talk about a cereal. Okay. I remembered a cereal. I want, had to go over to, uh, Mr. Breakfast to, to back me up here. Kellogg's Double Dip Crunch Cereal mm-hmm. from 1992. And I was somewhat a fan of Chex as a kid. I was more a fan of Crispix, right? Mm-hmm. That was a little bit sweeter. right? And I think the pieces were maybe uh, a little bit bigger or a different shape or something. They were like
1: a stop sign shape.
0: Yeah. Six side so, When Double Dip Crunch came along and I got a box of those, I was like, this is what Chex needs to be because it was supposedly dipped in honey and dipped in nuts, and it was different colors on both sides, so there was a lighter color on one side and a darker color on the other side of the cereal piece, Mm -hmm. and I think those were hexagons, so... They were awesome. They tasted so good. I mean, it's like honey nut checks before honey nut checks became a thing. Yeah, I like honey nut checks. So double dip crunch, which was made by catalogs, man. Those were really good.
1: Am I misremembering? Did that come in two bags in the box? I mean, I know it was the same cereal, but for some reason I'm thinking there were like two sleeves of cereal in the box.
0: No, yeah. I, it might be. If you look at the box itself, it looks a little deceiving because it says double dip crunch twice on each side, like it would say with your Nintendo okay, cereal, gotcha. you know, there, but there was two different pictures. It just says it on the same side and it, it shows you on one side of the box, the honey side. And then on the other side is the nut side. That's a little bit darker, but man, those were good.
1: What was the cereal? I, I know we had checks. We had crispics but what was the other cereal that had the dark side and the light side in the checks type vein? I don't look know. That up. I'm going to have to look at it. Cause it wasn't double dip crunch. I know. Uh, but it was like, uh, wheat checks on or uh, rice checks on one side, corn check on the other. Hmm. I can't remember what they were called. Anyway, well, this was the on. first
0: one. Yeah. This was the first one I remember that had, uh, it was a real more sweeter than normal checks and, a little bit better than Crispix, you know? Yeah.
1: Well, um, let's see, I can try to play off of that. So that was good to eat on a Saturday morning after you watch TGIF on Friday nights. (laughs) Okay. How about that for a segue?
0: Yeah. You got us there.
1: Yeah. Uh, being in the early nineties, 11, 12, 13 years old, like I've said before, I'm not going out with friends at that point or anything. You're home on Friday night. Thank God for TGIF. My personal, I'm trying to, I was trying to look earlier before we started recording. I'm, I'm having trouble finding a good source to get each of the yearly, uh,
0: shows, program
1: yeah. guides. You know, I seem to remember though, I think my favorite lineup was a uh, full house. Family Matters, Step by Step, and Hanging with Mr. Cooper. I could be interchanging Mr. Cooper with something else there, though. But I'm pretty sure it was on at the same time, in the same years as Step by Step was in that Mm -hmm. block. Of course, I I like the earlier days, too, with Perfect Strangers and Just the Ten of Us. Uh, Not so much the later. I know Boy Meets World started when? Like, 93, 94-ish? I wasn't watching then. I was... Yeah. Out running around on Friday nights come 93, 94. So, but, uh, we don't have stuff like that anymore. I guess in the, in the, <laughs> the streaming era that we live in, you can kind of create your own, but right. it's, it's still the anticipation of when you're that age, you know, what most of your days and nights look like before the week even starts. I got this R- test right, at yeah. school Tuesday. We're playing volleyball in gym Wednesday. Friday nights, TGIF. I got this going on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So TGIF was appointment television back in the nineties and it, they done such a good job with it. The whole family could watch if you wanted to, my house, dad was usually back in town on Friday nights. So he was off watching whatever. I usually watched TGIF as a thing by myself on Friday nights. Mm -hmm. When he was out of town, mom, we had watched in the living room, but, Mainly that was a personal thing.
0: I seem to remember, did they do promos where they kind of intermixed the shows or the, the, and that's what I remembered. It seemed like one big family, like this is the ABC family, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. And you've got perfect strangers that live in this world and you've got full house that lives in this world and they all kind of live in the same world together almost. And that's what it felt like. It was great. Yeah. The nineties were probably the last real appointment television era, you know, I don't, maybe that there's some shows in the early two thousands that would.
1: Yeah. I mean, your stuff like lost and things like that was appointment television,
0: but but having like a block of shows like that, yeah. where you know, even like over on NBC, where it was must see TV and you had Seinfeld and friends and you know, that whole lineup on Thursdays. You don't have that block of shows anymore or at least that I think that was the case. There were some shows that were like hour long like Lost, yeah. I remember watching week to week later that was I guess you could call appointment television but not like a block of shows like that, man.
1: Right. And now everything is a block of the same show. Yeah. It's like everybody loves Raymond on for 3 hours on TBS.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's just a bunch of marathons, yeah. We yeah. finally got the rights to whatever Big Bang Theory. Let's show the crap out of it, you know. Yeah. It's not the same, just not the same, but that's, yeah, the, uh, when did family matters come into the the mix? That was kind of like 90, I think. 91 or 92. So like family matters and full house. And that's when I remember, I didn't, I didn't really watch much TGIF. Like you said, even probably after 94, uh, maybe I'd catch it once in a while, but no, <laughs> it was mainly early on when it just was fresh and new and, Oh, it's all these comedies back to back to back and, Mm -hmm. and good comedies. Yeah, they were good. Generally good shows, all of them. And you could watch, I mean, it was like, yeah, I, I, if I'm sitting down for TGIF, I'm sitting down for the full two hours or whatever it was. And then whatever was on after it, like wonder years or something.
1: Twenty twenty. No. It's like twenty twenty or something you used to come on on Friday nights at ten o'clock or. I, thought, I was thinking or... there was
0: another show. Maybe I guess maybe it was all comedies until the late news or whatever. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking there was another show.
1: I'm Barbara Walters.
0: <laughs> I'm Hugh Grant. Yeah. <laughs> Hugh, not Hugh. What was his name? <laughs> Hugh Downs. <laughs> Hugh Downs. Yeah. Hugh Grant. Wow. There's a picture. Barbara Walters and Hugh Grant. Hmm. Speaking of 90s, yeah, you Grant's the 90s. Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, let's see. We've got a couple more to go here. See if you can dig up this memory. Yours might be after the 90s, but mine happened late 90s when I got my first cell phone. My mm-hmm. first cell phone I got at college, I think around 98. And I think my carrier was Bell South. And I shot you a link over on Slack, Mick, of Mm -hmm. something that was close to what my first phone was. It was large. It uh, had an antenna at the top that you could pull out, like, maybe three inches. (laughs) I mean, it was, like, real short that you pulled out the top to talk. And I got it mainly because I was doing a lot of traveling. I was going down more towards Atlanta, from Northeast Georgia, where I was going to college to meet my girlfriend, who is now my wife. And it was, you know, 10 hours to drive home to Pennsylvania, 11 hours. Uh, So I decided I'm just going to have a cell phone in case I need them out and I get stuck somewhere. And that was really all I used it for when I first got one. And then I realized no matter where you go, you're going to get hit with roaming charges out the butt. So you better, uh, (laughs) (laughs) better music sparingly and Mm -hmm. thus you are a true you know like emergency so yeah it was this huge brick of a phone and i mean it wasn't like the old school brick brick phones but it had like the green backlit screen (laughs) it wasn't Mm -hmm. uh wasn't anything uh colorful at all didn't have any games or anything that didn't come to a few years later where you had games on your phone and all that stuff but uh, that's, I've got my first cell phone, I think around 1998.
1: Well, I tell you what, I'm going to cancel one of my picks and I'm also going to go with my first cell phone then. So we can just converse about this. Okay. My dad, where he traveled, he bought a cell phone early on. And even back then they had run deals. He got three phones. They were all bag phones, the original bag phones. And I had a bag <laughs> phone in
0: 1995. Nice. nice. In my
1: truck. That you'd plug into the cigarette lighter and the top had Velcro, you'd un-Velcro it and the phone was in a cradle and it had a cord on it connected to the base and the the lights would light up green. But now at least with your first cell phone was a little later, coverage was a little better, but you were also in a bigger area. I'm out here in rural Southwest Virginia. There was hardly anywhere you could use the thing, but (laughs) but it looked cool.
0: You're right. He, yeah. I mean, gosh, yeah. you you had a freaking phone in your truck. Hey baby. Yeah. check this yeah, out. You
1: had a cell phone or a cellular phone as we called them back then.
0: You're right. Yeah.
1: A mobile phone, <laughs> but.
0: Did it, they have a big just, long antenna you had to pull out?
1: No. What? No. Well, you
0: were connected. You were connected with the bag phone.
1: Yeah. But you had a big antenna you had to put on the <laughs> roof of your vehicle. <laughs> it was like three feet
0: tall. So. so you had, so you had that antenna, you had your like. Twelve foot long c b antenna a little bit of radio <laughs> antenna mm-hmm. <laughs> but
1: uh let's let's skip a little forward in time a little farther in the nineties, past our first cell phone, though, can you remember the highway robbery that cell phone companies used to get away with back then?
0: oh gosh, yeah, yeah like
1: uh free nights and weekends, and now you don't pay for any of that crap, yeah, it used to be like call me after nine or don't text me or 10 cents each or whatever.
0: Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, when you run out of... Yeah, I know. Holy cow. The roaming charges on that. I mean, I think if I'm remembering right, you got a certain amount of minutes per month that was like, you can use these minutes. But if anytime, you go yeah, out... Like
1: 200 yeah. anytime minutes.
0: Yeah. And if you go outside of your area and it would show right on the phone when you were roaming... And it didn't, mm-hmm. <laughs> for me, it didn't take far out of town before I was roaming. Uh, especially cause we were close to the South Carolina border and we'd go over to Clemson all the time and Seneca and all those places. And once you crossed that border, man, you were roaming seemed like anyway. Yeah. And then the roaming charges on top of that was like exorbitant per minute. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I mean, you just had long distance charges out the ass you know, we had to use like those ten ten three two one three, two, one numbers and all that crap <laughs> to, uh, call home. And there was all those prepaid phone cards and stuff, you know, yeah. that, uh, people would use. So it was just, wow, man, we got just nickel and dimed to death back in the day.
1: We got dollared and $5 to death well, is what we did.
0: It's True. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I had that for a couple of years, and then once we finally got, like, actual phones when we were in Atlanta, we got those <laughs> those Nokia phones that were – I remember playing uh, some kind of bowling game with a guy at work on that phone. It, it probably looks like uh, playing one of those Radio Shack games now if you go back, you know, like from the 80s, trying to do stuff like that with the thing. But, um, yeah, yeah. It came in like – I remember it had some kind of case – Like it, it wasn't like a, like we have now where it was like hard rubber. It was just like putting it in a sleeve and you had like a clear plastic on the front, you know, to push your buttons Mm -hmm. and to see what was going on.
1: Fake leather with a clear plastic.
0: Yes. Yes. That was like your case back in the day.
1: And it had a belt clip on it. Everybody wore the cell phones on their belts back
0: then too. Yep. Yep. Oh Oh, gosh, man. We were nuts. (laughs) (laughs) And now, look at us, man. We're glued to yeah, Now in the we things.
1: can't live without them.
0: Yep, it's like the first thing. Yeah, you know, cut off my cable, my power, whatever. I gotta have my cell phone.
1: <laughs> oh, All right. Gosh. Well, it's your pick again. Then last one.
0: Okay, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go into uh, my depths here, uh, my geek depths, which I I never go into uh, really on this show. In college, and I went to college in '96. And uh, this guy, two doors down, introduced me to Warcraft Orcs and Humans. Oh, on uh, his computer. He had a computer, a personal computer in his room. I don't know what brand or model it was. This was the same guy that we had to wait for him to finish up. Star Trek, the next generation before we, uh, got control of the TV down the dungeon to watch uh, Monday night, nitro. <laughs> <laughs> and he had like this full setup. He had this, the dual speakers. He had like the subwoofer and everything hooked up to this computer in his room. I don't think he, I, I think he flunked out that two doors down. I could hear, you know, when the orcs are attacking and when stuff is going on and I got so into the game, just watching him, man. Cause he would never let anybody play. Uh, and I think at that time, I don't think we had internet in our rooms. So I I believe you could with that game, like if you had dial up or whatever, had a modem, you could, uh, play, you know, one-on-one with somebody online, but it just blew my mind. It was a game. I had never played some of those games where you're, you're building a city, you're collecting resources, you're building an army and then you go attack somebody, you know, Mm -hmm. I I just never had that, uh, that style of gaming before. And it was so fun. It was cool. It was cool just to watch, you know, it was all dark. So you didn't know where, like, if you're the humans, you didn't know where like the orcs were. So you had to eventually build your army up to go explore. And then every once in a while they would throw like a a couple of people with bows or something out of the woods and start attacking your people, getting gold and stuff. And you you hear all these noises and you got to send in your, you know, anyway, it was, I was all in on that game. I was like, Oh, this is the coolest thing ever. And this is even before, you know, like Warcraft became, I think one of the first ones to host all that crap online where you've got, you know, thousands of people battling. And I, I just never, I never had a personal computer growing up at home. My first like real interaction with computers was, uh, at school just for a little bit and then more at college. And I just never had that experience of gaming on a computer until then. And (laughs) he just wanted, he let everybody know he was playing that game and it was so (laughs) much fun.
1: Well, for my last one, I'll piggyback off that and talk about one of my favorite arcade games ever. That came out in the nineties and I played all through the nineties cruising USA. Oh yeah, man. That's, uh, that's probably my favorite driving game. Well, until like the really good NASCAR games came out for like PS three and four and stuff. But yeah, cruising USA. I used to take, uh, like 75 cents or so. It, It wouldn't take me a lot but I would sit down and start on the easiest level. This would be at work and my lunch break. And for like three quarters, I could get all the way through (laughs) the game, just driving and racing and stuff. And then we got a, uh, San Francisco rush. Did you ever play that? It was a driving game in the streets of San Francisco.
0: It sounds vaguely familiar, but,
1: and then they come out with a alternate version of it. San Francisco rush, uh, Alcatraz edition or the Rock edition, where he was mm-hmm. racing on Alcatraz. God, I love that version better than any of them. But anyway, Cruising USA, it was so cool because all the levels looked different and you had all the different cars. And if you hit the gas when you selected it, it would change colors, or you could hit the radio select and change the cars and drive a big rig or a
0: mm-hmm.
1: Hummer or an old classic car or a muscle car. And it wasn't too hard. You know, younger kids, your 10, 11 year olds, they could do pretty good at it. But as you progressed up through the harder uh, levels in different parts of the country, it, it got harder.
0: Yeah. Now, did yours have the side-by-side game, or is no. it just the sit- one sit-down?
1: Just the one sit-down. Everywhere yeah. I saw it around here was one sit-down.
0: I was thinking may- or maybe it was a later version that had the, the side-by-side that would show up in you know, random arcades or something. Now,
1: I really didn't care a lot for Cruising World that came out after it, the sequel. I much preferred cruising
0: USA. I'm trying to remember where I played it. The one that I remember kind of that style, you're in a speedboat, Mm. And that was, maybe it was later than when all that, like cruising USA came out and stuff. But yeah, I mean, gosh, the closest thing you can get to driving at that time. And you're, you know, whatever, 13, 14, 15 years old. So anxious to go driving and you plop down and just have fun, man. Mm -hmm. Going back to the eighties outrun was always one of my favorites. And just, uh, a decade later, not probably not even a decade later. When did cruising USA come out? Like maybe 92 or three, somewhere around around there. It just, the technology had come miles ahead, you know, and you still had the hot babes in that one too, right? Um, I was thinking they, I don't, I don't uh, didn't they flag you down. I think they flag. Maybe I'm thinking of uh, a different one, but uh, that was always great about those games too. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. All right. Well, I guess that's it. Maybe we'll save your uh, other pick for after hours or something.
1: Nah, we'll say. save it for next time. I got something fun for after hours or okay. I think will be interesting. Maybe not fun, but interesting.
0: Well, we had some uh, fun, uh, Random 90s things come up this week Uh, TV and music and video games and all kinds of stuff. First phone and cable companies catching on fire. So, (laughs) (laughs) this was great. I like the random episodes. We got to keep these in the mix. Oh, yeah.
1: They're a good fallback.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, let's hop back in the time machine and find out what's coming up in after hours. All right, here we are. We are back in the present time. We hope you enjoyed our journey through the 90s this week. And if we uh, stirred up some of your memories, you want to chime in on some of our picks or tell us some of your picks uh, in the same vein, we'd love to hear them over on Twitter at Social, Our personal accounts at RD80s at Yesterdayville. And like I said at the top of the show, leave us a review over on Apple leave uh, one of our other network shows review and uh, DM me on Twitter with your address and I'll send you some goodies branded with uh, TRN logos all over them. All right, Mick, uh, what's coming up in after hours tonight?
1: Well, first I want to say this and I'm surprising you. I meant to tell you before we even started recording. If you're listening, you know that our after hours podcast is exclusive to our patron VIPs. I think this week would be a good one to do another free preview episode. Okay.
0: So well, let's
1: do it. Yep. So you'll find it in the main feed here where you find where, where you found TRN Time Machine. But anyway, in an after hour, since we were doing 90s, random 90s stuff on the main show, I have got some dates from some bigger events from the 90s that I was going to run by you in the event and see, uh, you know, like different things. People talk about Pearl Harbor, Kennedy assassination, 9 11. People remember where they were and what they mm-hmm. were doing. Okay. I believe a lot of these. Well, not a lot of them but a good portion of them we all have stories about that day so well, i'm gonna run some by you we'll see what we were into when in this okay. stuff
0: sounds great all right well uh free preview time for the after hour show we hope you'll tune into that and uh, catch us next week right here on the time machine for mickey it's jason we'll see you in time I'm gonna shoot you a link on Slack. Oh, good gosh! I got homework. I've Not homework. Got, I've already I'd... got
1: two windows open here.
0: <laughs> You're gonna have to have three. Just to just for reference. That's I'll all. Do it on my phone. <laughs> this has been a presentation of the Retro Network.